He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together? Welcome to the Walking My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, July 3rd, 2023. It is the Walking My Act Together podcast because I am walking down my street to Park Pool. I'm going to meet my wife and daughter who are on this Monday evening at a birthday party for a five-year-old. So that's what's happening for me. That's what I'm up to. I, uh... There's no Limerick tonight. There will be no Limerick Tuesday when you listen to this. Nobody's going to do stand-up comedy on July 4th. At least I'm not going to do it at Limerick. What I'm going to do tomorrow morning is I'm going to get up at like 6.30 a.m., salute the flag that is across the street from my house next to the sign that says, and not in the same yard, by the way. There is a sign in my neighbor's yard I've told you about that says, regulate guns, not women. And she, that homeowner, does not have a USA flag, but the USA flag is in the house next to it. I would characterize those people as young Republicans. So I'm going to momentarily genuflect at the country of my, at a representation, a symbol. I'm walking by flags right now. The country of my birth, the country where I pay taxes in full, and therefore I feel have a right to say whatever the fuck I want about it. I could be wrong, and you could shoot me. But anyway... I love my country for all its problems and challenges. It's still my country. But I'm going to be up at 6.30 with the girl. Am I already out of breath? Well, kind of. You know why? Because maybe today, maybe I'm out of breath because already today I went for a run because I'm trying to live as long as possible to spend time with my child. My girl and I are going to get up and go to convey ourselves to the peach, to Peachtree Road. Because the world's largest 10K is happening. You know what it is? I'm also walking up a bit of a hill. Peachtree Road Race is happening uh, tomorrow morning. And my wife is running in it with her nine-hour friend and another friend. And my daughter and I are going to go post up along Peachtree Road. Hopefully get her to spot us. We have some coordination issues uh, that we believe we've worked through about where you're going to be what time what time do you think you'll get there what's the girl going to be doing yo i just walked up on a dead chipmunk in gnarly so that's what we're going to do after that who's to say july 4th but i hope you have a i hope you have a lot on the schedule and i hope it's much to your liking i was going to complain about my wife (laughs) But we're going to, but but I feel like I did that in some podcast recently, and I really do not have many complaints about her, other than as far as as wrapped up in the Peachtree Road Race. Uh, They're trying to extend it and make it like a long weekend thing with like an expo and shopping and all building like the culture of running, I suppose. Well, they have a 50-yard dash or 50-meter dash at Piedmont Park that we went to on Sunday, yesterday, and... My girl ran the race. She did the 50 meter or 50 yard dash, hauled ass. She loved it, had a great time. We were very excited, taking pictures. She finished toward the front of the pack in her age group. She was hauling Uh, and it was a a great time. But on the way to the park, my God, was my wife on cocaine trying to, and I know where she gets it. And if she ever listens to this, she knows exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) Also, 
I love when people will say something to us about the podcast and my wife is very quick to say, oh no, I don't listen to it. Someone will say, oh, did you, someone will say, oh, did you hear he said something on the podcast? And she's very quick to say, I don't listen to it. Which is not exactly a ringing endorsement. But my goodness, she has, she has relatives, let's put it this way, who if you ask them what time they're going to get there, they don't just say what time they're going to get there. They're going to articulate in a great Scandinavian detail all of the roads they're going to take. Not like the Californians, not quite like that skit or anything. It's just more like, I guess it is kind of like that, except they're not as annoying as those and hilarious as those Californians were in that skit. So they'll say, like, we're going to take the 405. Well, we're going to get there. It depends if we take there and there's traffic. Then we'll go over to the 91 and we'll do this and the 15. And, you know, they get a lot of shit done, I guess, is what all the planning's about. I'm trying to look on the bright side here. Uh, Maybe you can hear the peals of joy and laughter from Park Pool, where I've already arrived. Pretty good. Uh, Pretty good pace on your, your old man here. But when we were going to Piedmont Park yesterday, my God, my wife was, and it's all because of the Scandi planning thing and also excitement for my daughter to do the race. But I was trying to concentrate on finding a place to park while processing all of her directions about where to park. And then as I was doing that, I have these parallel voices. My, yeah, I, I don't have a small brain. I'm trying to figure out where to park. I'm making sense of the environment. I'm adapting efficiently, I think. Trying to figure out where to park. While my wife has another tape running in my ear of all the places she thinks she sees or where we could go or we should circle back to. And wouldn't that be great? And I'm trying to keep those two voices separate while having this third voice mediate. My solution has to be Uh, Not even as good, but more effective than the one that she is offering to me. And it was fucking very stressful. (laughs) Like, it's not just listening to your suggestions. It's following my own, or at least letting myself process. Anyway, uh, I love her dearly, and she does not annoy me. But I was very, it's like, Jesus. And then, of course, the whole time in the back, my other daughter, my other daughter, my other child, was just yammering away. So it's like... A lot of, uh, there's not a lot of quiet. (laughs) And it's because my wife is planning and looking out for us. And uh, I'm grateful for that. And I'm sure you're grateful that she's looking out for me and my daughter as well. So the 50-yard dash at Piedmont Park was uh, was quite a deal. It was very fun. And uh, a nice centerpiece to a middle of a longish weekend that concludes uh, on the... uh, on the later part of Tuesday the 4th. Some, something very, uh, well, the, the only way to come out and say it is one of my favorite bands of all time, and a band that's extra specially, extra specially important to me because they are a, a San Diego, a legendary San Diego band. And here's the thing. There was a band called Drive Like Jehu, and then they evolved into, there was a band called Pitchfork first, then they became Drive Like Jehu. Then they became a band called Hot Snakes. And the common denominator in all of these things was the guitar playing John Reese and then uh, the singing of Rick Froberg. Anyway, Rick Froberg died on Friday night. And 
he's a few years older than me, but it's very, very sad for me. I, I mean, I don't know if I'd ever met him. I'd seen them lots of times in small places. I'd seen them as they got bigger, uh, meaning um, Drive Like Jehu. I never saw, I don't think I ever saw Pitchfork, nor did I ever see uh, Hot Snakes Live. But if you're a fan of challenging, thrilling, vibrant, meaningful music, and if you're under 30, you probably won't, you'll probably hate it, but it's guitar, noisy, rolling, almost math rock. Drive Like Jehu is just fucking awesome. And if you want to see some of uh, an amazing concert, you can Google Drive Like Jehu at Balboa Park, where they combined at uh, Spreckles Organ Pavilion on a masterful uh, sort of reunion concert 14 years ago or something like that. Drive Like Jehu, R.I.P. Rick Froberg. His voice, unlike any I'd ever really heard in rock and roll, and uh, by all accounts from people who knew him, was a true punker until the end. And what's very unnerving is he was what did I say, 55? And they said he dies of, died of natural causes. And, man, like, what is... Like, you can just get up there and be like, that's it. So, um, much love, respect. And you know what I should do? Is I should walk into this birthday party and circle back with a podcast later because it'll be a nice break from thinking about Rick Froberg. And I'll talk to you in a bit. Well, now this is absolutely wild because I'm in the middle of a thunder and lightning storm and (laughs) like a responsible 16-year-old, I just took the car out (laughs) to wash it in the dirty rain. And in Atlanta, that's probably not a good idea because at any time a tree could fall on you. People get hit by falling trees and die all the time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to pull this car, turn this car around. I'm going to take it back to me house and pick up the podcast in just a bit. What I would like to say though about Rick Froberg who's passing really knocked me personally because uh, he's not all that much older than he wasn't all that much older than I am and just a band of my, you know, it's a band I've been listening to for a long, long time, Drive Like Jehu and Hot Snakes After. Um, Like I said, check out the Drive Like Jehu at Spreckles Pavilion in Balboa Park with the uh, famous organist. It is absolutely beautiful, Uh, and then Jehu does their thing, and and it absolutely crushes. Now I pulled into our carport and have a bit of relief. The other thing is if you are a Drive Like Jehu fan or a fan of just sort of hard rock and roll in the first place, Drive Drive By Jehu had a song on their, I think it was their first record, simply called Drive Like Jehu. The song is called Caress, and a band as big as Deftones covered it, and they turned the hell out of it. It really is an amazing recording. So Drive Like Jehu, rest in peace, Rick Froberg. Um... Check out the Deftones cover of Caress. I think if you search Caress live, and then, of course, Jehu at the uh, Spreckles Organ Pavilion in Balboa Park will give you just a little bit of an idea of what Drive Like Jehu was like. Uh, All right, back shortly. 
Okay, well, here is the third location for recording this podcast. <laughs> that represents a commitment to you, maybe not necessarily a commitment to audio supremacy, which is uh, just short of white supremacy. <clears throat> maybe not represent the highest audio quality, but this is the third location after walking down to the pool wonderful birthday party as it was it was very small it was very intimate it's actually at the with the child of that guy i my friend of indian descent remember i told you that i shot my shot with him and i was like hey vikram how are you and he's like actually it's vakash I'm like well i only knew you as vic anyway he has fast become one of my favorite neighbors and we went out and had a nice time with his daughter's birthday party. And then afterward, I got caught in the car wash, which was great. And uh, now I'm in the third location. I would like to read a quick quick uh, email from Chi-Town Save Me. That's right. Chi-Town Save Me has embraced the name bestowed upon him by 15 underscore versus underscore 15. By the way, 15, thank you very much again for the latest missive you left about uh, Atlanta will miss me or, or something to that effect on uh, Apple Podcast Reviews. I really appreciate that. Anyway, I got a, uh, an email, yesjoesmith at gmail.com from Chi-Town Save Me, who puts the subject line, a quick one while he's away. And when I see a quick one while he's away, my first thought is that's something like uh, Ron Wood or Rod Stewart would have said about one another around the time of uh, Faces. The band The Faces, one of my favorite bands. I have a lot of favorite bands. Well, I should have been a musician. Anyway, a quick one while he's away it made me think of, uh, like I said, Rod Stewart and Ron Wood because, as you know, Ron Wood recorded an album that made fun in its title of the Rod, St Rod Stewart saying, I've got my own album to do. And that's what Ron... So there was a band called Faces. You know Rod, Rod Stewart, famous singer. People generationally are listening to his podcast. Older people know him. Younger people probably even know who Rod Stewart is, barely. Well, he was in a rock and roll band that really grooved its ass off called The Faces and as he started to gain solo credibility and traction he said that you know he told the band he's like hey I've got my own album to do you know I gotta go do my own thing well Ron Wood who was in The Faces and went on to be a Rolling Stone beat him to the punch and put out an album called I've Got My Own Album To Do <laughs> which is very funny to me and uh, also includes a, an amazing song, one of the best songs you may ever hear called Mystifies Me. I encourage you to check that out, Mystifies Me, written by Ron Wood. I know it's been covered at least by Sunvolt, probably lots of other people, Mystifies Me. I thought just the cheekiness of those Brits that a quick one while he's away would have been associated with faces, would have been associated with Rod Stewart, Ron Wood. Alas, I looked it up and it's actually a Who song or album, and I never fucking liked The Who, I've, I've told you that on this podcast, I, I, I don't know why, I, I never really liked them, I, you know, maybe I haven't dug into the 
dug into the catalog all that much, but I, I just never liked them. Maybe I didn't like how much people liked them, and I didn't think they were worth all that. It's different than it's different than the the dead, the Grateful Dead, the Grateful Dead. Where I actually think the Grateful Dead's music's pretty good. It's the fucking fans I don't like, but over you know a hundred years, it's hard to tell those fans. I'm like, hey man, you like the Dead? It's hard to say. Like you know, I do actually kind of like them. It's just you guys I don't like. <laughs> it doesn't go over that well. Anyway, so this is from Shy Town. Save me a quick one while he's away. Hey, Joe, just wanted to send a quick note to thank the community for naming me. Y'all are the best. Yeah, 15 came up with it. LNC vouched, vouched for it. Don't vouch for him, vouch for her. She vouched for him. I'm Shep Proudfoot from Fargo. Don't vouch for, vouch for little fella. Uh, let's see, Shytown says, I've fallen behind in podcast listening, so I'm about a month in the past, but looking forward to catching up soon and returning to the present. Hey, brother. <laughs> and I don't know if I know if you're white or not, but uh, it is very suspicious when white men call each other brother. I've told you that. Well, nay, brother. Actually, it's kind of affectionate at times. Also wanted to let you know that recently I've been digging into one of my pastimes, which in my case means joining with others that are doing the same. Steel sharpens steel, right? Take care and happy fourth, Chi-Town Save Me. Audience is probably like, what does that mean? Also wanted to let you know that I've been digging into one of my pastimes, which in my case means... Joining with others that are doing the same. So is your pastime getting together with people who are like-minded and doing the same things in their life, lives? Or does it mean that you're just not telling us what your goddamn pastime is? Or am I supposed to know? Or is it listening to The Who or buying vinyl? I don't know what it is, dude. <laughs> also want to let you know that recently I have been digging into... And Chi-Town saved me. Let me encourage you to hurry up and get caught up on the podcast episodes because the audience that's listening right now is like, what the fuck is he talking about? And candidly, I agree with them. Wanted to let you know that I've recently been digging into one of my pastimes, which in my case means joining with others that are doing the same. It almost sounds like A, a support group for people with pastimes, or you're just not saying what the goddamn pastime is and you're hanging out with other people who are doing the same thing. Steel sharpens steel. Absolutely steel sharpens steel. You don't want to hang around with people who don't make you want to raise your game. Or don't, you know, compel you internally or intrinsically, whatever that word is, to, to get better. Anyway, would you clear that up for me? Chi-Town saves me because the audience is like, what? What is your pastime? We want to know. And by the way, people, write in with your hobbies. Write in with your, if, you know what, as, as you can hear from this podcast, write in with your, if I didn't have to work, if I could spend all my time doing this, which I say is writing in the morning, communicating, writing jokes, writing stories, writing letters, books to my daughter. What would you do? Let us know. What's, don't be shy. This is not a self-help podcast, though it helps people help themselves through the community. What, what, what are your pastimes? 
Sounds like maybe you just play baseball. <laughs> it's 4th of July, bro. Hey, babe. It's 4th of July. I know a Soundgarden song called 4th of July. I know a... My favorite song is a Knitters or X song. I think it was written by Dave Alvin or John Doe called 4th of July. I almost think Outkast has a song called 4th of July, but I, I know they don't. I, I know it's Happy Valentine's. Anyway, uh, it's 4th of July, dude, so let us know what your pastime is. Maybe it's, like I said, maybe it's baseball. I went on the plane. I went on the private plane on Friday. I went on a private. It's not a jet, though. I found that out. It's a private propeller. I flew non-commercially. I flew. It wasn't a private jet, but it was a private plane, and it was pretty cool. I have to be honest. It felt cartoonishly inappropriate for myself and two other middle-aged white men to be flying on a private plane to Charleston, a city that is beautiful, luxurious, sumptuous, and steeped in a horrific past, horrific soil, architecture, legacy. I, and it doesn't exactly seem like they're, you know, trying to change any of that. Why did we go to Charleston? Well, just because, I don't know, it was close and it's not Savannah, right? That's why. And, and we wanted to have seafood, oysters. Because we're douchebags is the fucking answer. You're, you're circling around as you're listening in your car going, because you're douchebags. It felt cartoonishly inappropriate. Though, well, yeah, I don't want to say though. Cartoonishly inappropriate because it happened... One day after, if not the same day, one day after the Supreme Court reversed, overturned affirmative action. That colleges cannot consider the race of a person when admitting them. The colleges cannot, in their desire to make the world a more fair, just, equal place, cannot say, yeah, you know what, person in the majority group who's just as qualified as the person in the minority group who's worked just as hard, who, you know what? You're not going to get a break this time. You're, you're not going to, the other person's going to get the break. Yeah, it's up to you philosophically what you feel about that. Uh, I, I think that uh, I, I'm a believer in affirmative action. I don't spend all my fucking time pounding you over the head about it. But it just felt so like, ugh. Which is why I... Uh, I'm the wrong I'm the wrong kind of I'm the wrong kind of what? I'm the wrong kind of person. Like <laughs> I I can't be in Charleston or I can't go to Charleston on a private plane and not think about that. Other people can, and I might have been with two of them. I, I don't think they were because I was like an asshole and saying this is really uh, this is really uh, tone deaf to say the least. Anyway, it once we you know got it out of the way that we're douchebags. 
It was a really sweet, fun, touching day with two of my closest friends who aren't stand-ups. And very luxurious. I'll tell you what, taking taking private plane, which was my first time doing that, is fucking awesome. I didn't show my ID. I went, I got on an aircraft. I went into an airport, got on an aircraft, went to another city, went into that city, got came back to that airport, got on a plane, flew back. Never once, I wasn't even asked for my name, let alone asked to show an ID. It's pretty efficient. How does it work? What happens? You have your wife. My wife and I dropped my daughter off at school on Friday morning, and my wife dropped me off at our friend's house who has one-sixteenth of this private plane. Not a private jet. It has propellers. And what is not a, as I said last time, remember we got into the, where are my EBITDA people? Where are my tax preparers, my controllers? It's not a... Um, you know, net jet situation. They're like he, he or his business or whatever actually owns part of this plane, which is more tax-wise than, you know, buying. Uh, who fucking cares? But here's the thing. So I went. Here's how it works. So I went, got dropped off at my friend's house. And the third friend who actually introduced the plane friend and me to one another, we... Uh, he drove us. He drove us to the airport. And when you get to the airport, we we valet parked the car. And you know what? We valet parked the car. Well, of course, you valet park it right in front of the airport. A guy comes out, and he's like, hey, uh, where are you headed? We just say Charleston. He's like, all right, thanks. Takes the keys and leaves the, and parks the car. We walk into this small private airport in Atlanta, of which there are several, executive business airports, whatever they're called, and there are two people dressed as pilots. <laughs> they actually look more like TSA workers because the color blue of their shirt was exactly the same as that TSA royal blue. There are two pilots waiting for us. And everybody behind the counter, like three to four, three to four, five people behind the counter, looked like they were waiting only for us. Which got me thinking, this is why flying private must be so expensive because it's not, you know, 200 passengers on a big plane. It's these three assholes. And they, it's like they've been waiting all day for you, but it's 1030 in the morning or 930 in the morning or whatever it is. Oh, hey, how's it going? Yeah, great. So we're headed to Charleston. Yeah, the weather should be great. We anticipate this flying. Not a big deal. We're going to be up in the air, blah, 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 get you down. Easy peasy. And they walk us, and, and that was it. We walked through the airport. The two guys with the shirts that look like TSA, that's the name of the company that sort of uh, flies the plane, I guess, that my buddy owns a piece of. We get on. We sit there for a few minutes. He shows us, you know, we, it's you sit in like big, reclining, comfortable chairs. 
seat belts. They put this, the chairs, you can unlock them and they swivel around where you could conduct business. Uh, one of the guys said, hey, do you want a beer? And I, I was like, you know, trying to be a team player. I'm like, if you, if you want, I can have one. I was, was going to probably wait, but if, you know, that's how it's going to go. I don't want you to be by yourself. Anyway, nobody drank alcohol on the way down to Charleston. And it was pretty sweet. The flight was the the ride was great. It was like you know it was like it was like taking a taxi, kind of a few bumps, a little loud, and got you there pretty efficiently. We land in Charleston, we get off the plane. Probably where I felt my most self conscious is walking through the Charleston private airport, and lots of people sort of like almost they're not standing at attention, but you know you're a VIP. That's what it is. I, I'm I, when I say I'm the wrong kind of person. I don't. I have to practice being more of a VIP because I don't really think I'm an IP or a VIP. I think I'm an IP, but not a VIP. If you don't think you're the guy, I think I'm the guy when I'm on stage with a microphone or sta- sitting, standing, driving, walking, doing a podcast. Then I think I'm the guy. But I don't think I'm like a VIP, like I'm glad everyone's lined up to see me now that I've arrived at this fucking airport and we're going to go drink at lunch. You know what I mean? Like I'm just not, I'm not, I don't have, uh, that's not me. We get through the, the airport in zero seconds, call an Uber and wait, uh, get the Uber, take it into Charleston, which is not that big at all. We walk around in what is sweltering heat, much like Atlanta. Very hot, very humid, very humid. And we want to, we don't want to go right away to lunch because it's only like, what, what is it down there? By the time we get the Uber into town, it's 11 11 11 We want to, you know, stretch our legs, relax. We don't want to rush right to the main event. So what we did is we went to this snazzy. We walked around. We walked around the big park in the middle of in the middle of in the middle of uh, Charleston, which I'm sure has a fucking horrific history. And just looking and f- sensing what's all around you. Um, but we went to a snazzy hotel about 11:40, and we're just gonna have a drink. And go up to the roof, they have a nice patio, look around at the city. Well, the roof bar doesn't open until 12, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, why don't we just get a bottle, get another bottle? We we ended up getting a bottle. How about we just get a glass of rosé? While you were in your cubicle on Friday morning on the the West Coast at 8.45 a.m., three hours ahead of you, I was in Charleston, and I don't feel good about this, having a bottle of rosé with two of my closest friends wishing each other well because I'm moving to California. So we had a drink. We we, we were going to have just like a beer or something, but uh, let's get a little rosé. Had a bottle of rosé, had it in the in the lobby, air, the airy lobby of this nice hotel, and then we took you know the final half glass up to the top, the roof, which has a 360 panoramic view of Charleston, and it's spectacular, and there's shipping canal, or shipping channel, and the famous bridge, 
and the barrier islands and all this. I'm like, all right, this is great. We haven't had anything to eat. We had a little wine. We talked about our wives and our kids and uh, the good fortune we have in that one one person, one, one, the one guy introduced the two, two others of us to one another who've had a very uh, fulfilling, great, close, deep relationship over the years. And we were just like relaxed. We we're, were at peace. We were, we were composed and relaxed. And well, you should be, you D-bag. You're having a bottle of wine while affirmative action has been overturned while there's war happening and, and we're having a goddamn bottle of wine at 11.40 a.m. I think it was before, by the way, the Supreme Court voted, which is like the least legitimate institution left in America. I have more faith in the objectivity of the DMV than I do the Supreme Court. This case around can the web designer refuse gay people, it turns out maybe the gay people didn't even want the person to design the goddamn website for them. It wasn't an explicit thing, but they sued like almost a, 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 a ghost of a threat, and the Supreme Court just ate it up along you know partisan lines because that's... I, I have more faith in the objectivity of the DMV than I do the Supreme Court. And fortunately, and I don't feel good about this, like I said, I don't, uh, none of the shit the Supreme Court does affects me. Because I simply am born at an advantage. I'm aware of that. I don't feel good about it. I fucking probably bum a lot of white people out when I talk about it. So I'll stop talking about it because you're like, dude, is there a joke in this whole podcast? I don't know, okay? So what do we do? After we were on top of the hotel, we had a drink, rosé. Uh, the deal we made was the one buddy, if I didn't say this on the last podcast, the one buddy would fly us down and then the other two of us would uh, pick up everything along the way, buy all the lunch and the wine and Ubers and all that shit. So then we went to have lunch, and I think the – I got to check here. I think the uh, – I'm running out of juice on this recording thing. Hold on. We went to have lunch at an amazing restaurant called Leon's. I cannot speak well enough of this restaurant, Leon's in Charleston, South Carolina. I think it bills itself as seafood – and fried chicken and one of my friends who is with us one of my friends is is quite a foodie or at least food knowledgeable and knows the story of the chef and how it's become a smash hit and people come from all over the place to enjoy what this guy has to offer and I'm not I, I like nice food and you know what I really like doing I like going out to eat with my friends and taking our time with it. Having a little wine, having a little lunch or dinner as it were, having an espresso, talking. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live my best life. I'm trying to live like, uh, you know, a, a Frenchman. 
a Spaniard. <laughs> One of the spicy ones. Anyway, the food was unbelievable. And Leon's, we, we got there for lunch. They don't take reservations. It was maybe a 20-minute wait, I think. We got a beer. That's where we were, like 12. Now it's like 12.40, 12.45. We get a beer while we're waiting. And this is how Leon's separates itself from its peers. It thinks of everything. So you know sometimes where they're like, hey, you can get a drink at the bar while you're waiting for your table. And then you go to the bar and it's like New Year's Eve with a bunch of 19-year-olds. Leon's has carved out a little space to the left end of the bar, away from or to the side of adjacent to all the people packed at the bar which is South Carolina life, 1240 on a Friday afternoon, the bar is full. And the way this little piece is carved out for people just in our situations, it's not like we're standing in the service bar getting in the way of the servers, right? We just move to the left, this little scoop out of the bar. Somebody comes over in a nanosecond and says, what do you have? And I said, you know, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? And I got a Pilsner or Kell Draft. That beer is really good. I got a Pilsner or Kell Draft, and right out of this little scooped out area, it was perfect. And then you get the beer, and you sort of, you can, they're like, you can go back toward the hostess stand, and you get to the hostess stand, and it's not like you're always in the fucking way because the walls have just a tiny little, like, half moon sticking out uh, every three feet or every two feet, or maybe it was just one of them where it's so logical and natural just to set your beer down while you're waiting for your table. At Leon's, we had oysters. We had peel-and-eat shrimp. We blew the goddamn thing out. We had a bottle. We started with a bottle. We had two bottles of white wine. But the, the food carried the day. We had. This is what we had. And again, I know, but, I, but I'm, I'm trying to live. You know what I mean? I work very hard. It's a whole Catholic thing. Like, I... I and I'm not even fucking Catholic. But somebody else would not, Kim Kardashian would not say, I deserve this. <laughs> and you know what? She does. She works her ass off. A whole lot of oysters to start with. A whole lot of oysters. A, as we're washing down the Pilsner Urkel, a delightful bottle of white wine. Some amazing peel and eat shrimp on the, in what I think and respectfully everyone in the Carolinas what felt like a low country boil preparation there was uh, a fair amount of spice to them they were muddy and grimy and absolutely succulent peel and eat shrimp then we got a bunch of fried chicken I think maybe a half fried chicken which was hot chicken, unbelievable, delicious. And then to wash it all down, we got a whole fish. We got a Branzino. And just took our time with it. Enjoy, I think we might have been there two hours, two plus hours. Enjoyed the hell of it. Laughed, talked again about our wives and our kids and people we knew through uh, work and just how we came to like each other and respect each other and and just laughed and had a great time. We weren't fucked up, but you know we're drinking at midday. But we're you know we're getting a nice little buzz on us, and it was perfect. It was everything the the 
time in Charleston was everything I had hoped it would be with these two dear friends of mine. The bottle of wine in the hotel lobby, just relaxing. All of our obligations at the moment had been met. We were there. I was, and I'm thinking, you know, this is me between my own ears. I'm, this is okay for me. I'm comfortable with this. <laughs> this is great. And then, well, why wouldn't you be? I don't know, because you should fucking be working. Well, I've worked a lot of Fridays in my life, and, you know, anyway, usually work at night on Friday. Anyway, it was, it was great. And then the lunch exceeded, I, I'm not sure I had any expectations. Like I said, the one guy's a foodie. He guided us to Leon's. I can't say enough. Leon's thought of everything 100%. There was no, of course, it's Charleston, so there's no stress. There's no rush. Very importantly, and it wasn't cheap. Uh, I know you didn't think it was, but never once did I get the, Im get the impression or the feeling that I get sometimes in Atlanta restaurants or other big city restaurants that uh, the restaurant was doing me a favor by serving me you know, that it was about the restaurant. This clearly was about the experience, the community, the servers, the hostess, everyone kind of in a more, maybe it's because it's a coastal town, maybe because, uh, I don't know what, but it was just very warm and unhurried, and I can't say enough about Leon's. After Leon's, we went for a walk to walk it off, there was an energy from one of my friends to like go to a brewery, and I was like, "Dude, fucking brewery! I'm, I'm stuffed. Like uh, the idea of a beer just didn't seem to. Well, I was like, I can have, I could have wine, I could have some <laughs> grease lightning, I could have any, but a beer just didn't seem like it. So anyway, we we found a place, a brewery, as it were, uh, had one, talked until like I don't know if we were. Two hours at Leon's. We were another hour at the brewery. Called an Uber to make our flight, which said estimated time of departure was 4.30, which means if we were late, if we wanted to go early, all of that would have been fine because we were not, you know, with the unwashed masses like we normally are, meaning ourselves, except for my one buddy who <laughs> flies private. Get into the car, buzzed. We get into the Uber to to the Charleston private airport, buzzed, and the guy. And, and the drive is a little bit longer than I expected. It was like twenty twenty five minutes. I thought it was going to be like ten because it's a small town, small airport. But it was like a twenty twenty five minute journey back to the airport, and the guy was one of these. A bless his heart. The guy was one of those. He's a recovery dude, and he talked. He talked nonstop, and that's fine. You know, I've been sober thirty-two years, and it's just something that didn't work for me. And I know you guys are getting banged up today, and that's fine and good. And you know, I got three daughters. One of them's this, and you know, we had a bunch of pets, and you know, it's just a way you live your life. And and you know what? I'm not hating on him. I'm just really sort of underlining how impressive this man's talk game was because he he could have done the the amount of words that I've used in today's podcast is not near and I'm going on 44 minutes here 
not close to the amount of words that man used. He, he talked three times as much as I did in half the time. And I just, I was, maybe I was trying to practice because I was mindful of like, dude, I'm not a VIP. I'm not somebody who thinks he's better than other people. And like, I'm not used to like, hey, welcome into the private airport and all that shit. That maybe was on my mind. So I was just sitting there in the front seat like, you know what? <laughs> not fuck this guy, but I'm not going to participate in this conversation. So I just sat there in silence in part because I knew he wouldn't give a fuck. He was going to talk whether we said anything or not. And my friends who were in the backseat, it was almost like we were playing a game of chicken to see like who would be the least rude. And finally, one of my friends, the guy who has the plane, was like, oh, yeah, man, it's got to be tough because of this. And sure enough, that sends the guy off on another 20-minute tangent. And I'm just sitting there right next to him like, dude, I'm not helping you out. I'm trying to practice being better than people. And I'm not good at it. I'm glad I did it. We flew back the people on the plane the plane people were thrilled to see us when we came back in they're like hey we're ready to go i'm like yeah we're just gonna take a pee here we'll be right there and you know take a pee and it's you know in the bathroom of course not like we're not so douchey bro that we're just like peeing outside the airport (laughs) i'm sure rich people do that anyway get on the plane. They're like, hey, we got you a six-pack of Heineken. Maybe thought you'd have a beer or two on the way back. Flight's going to be smooth, a little bumpy coming into Atlanta. And we get on the plane, get in the chairs, swivel them, have beers, laughing our asses off on the way back to Atlanta about each other, about how our, our good fortune in knowing, first and foremost, in knowing one another. Just because we're, we're such close friends. And uh, it was great. Got back to Atlanta, got home. I was home by 6.30. Landed at the airport. The guy who drove, drove me back home. I was home at 6.30 p.m. as uh, the girls were getting out of the shower. I quickly brushed my teeth. I did like, I got to change my breath as much as I can. I'm sure my daughter was like, dude, your breath is rank. And boy, do you seem happy. Usually don't try to go in and say goodnight, banged up. <laughs> but I was I was fairly buzzed and got her to sleep. And then my wife and I went out onto the porch, chatted, had another drink, and then talked with her about how much I liked those guys. So that was it. The private flying is really convenient. I'll tell you what, it didn't, it didn't, uh, holy shit, I have to do this all the time. This is amazing. Because because a couple things, I think. I thought about this, and then I'll let you go. It didn't, I wasn't like, holy shit, absolutely amazing, because, for two reasons. One, going to Charleston and coming back to Atlanta, it's like going from a place that is not, it's like getting to a place that's not all that different Culturally, I mean, it's certainly different culturally. I shouldn't say that they're equal, but you go to a hot, steamy, racist city with good food and people spitting tobacco, you know, like, and, and then you fly back to that place, right? They're, they're, they're kind of like, there's similarity in that, like, it's not like I flew to Miami and it's a totally different country practically, or I was, you know, in a ranch in Texas or up in the hills of North Carolina. It was like I went from the same climate, first of all, and then just like 
rich food and, you know, it was like not wholly dissimilar. So I got back and I was like, oh, I was, you know, I took a cab down the street. And then the other thing that uh, affected my appraisal of the, the private flying is there was no need to go. So it would be so much more valued and appreciated probably by me if there was like a work thing or a, con you know, like, a, like I had to be there. I'm headlining all weekend. The only way to get there is a, is a private jet that's going to take me. So the fact that Atlanta and Charleston in many ways are not totally dissimilar and normalized the, the commute and then the fact that there was no need, it wasn't solving a problem. If it were solving a problem, probably, like, holy shit, that was great. That was amazing. Anyway, I'm a douchebag. But I did it, and I'm glad I did it, and I love those guys. And I feel like almost like we're in uh, Fast and the Furious 3, where it's kind of been a bomb. But at the end, Vin Diesel comes on and is like, oh, I'll be back in the third one. Uh, well, guess what? Or be back in Fast and the Furious 4. I am going to be back on the next podcast. You know what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger because I have watched two of the three episodes of his documentary because one of my buddies was telling me about it. And I have lots of thoughts about Arnold, and I hope that you tune in on Friday, and I hope you have a great week, and happy 4th of July in the United States of America. If you are in England and the U.S. told you to go fuck yourselves, go fuck yourselves. Okay, bye.